Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pages Unknown, the podcast dedicated to all things books and pop culture. My name is Michaela, and I will be joined, as always, by my fabulous co-host, Zachariah. Say hi, Zachariah. Hi, Zachariah. Today is a very special, very festive episode. We are here with the fabulous Sammy, aka Books, Dogs, and Coffee on TikTok, and we're going to talk all about some of our recent festive reads. Say hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Oh, I like how we say hi here. It's very, it's very nice. I like saying hi to myself. <laughs> you are the most important person here, so it's good to greet yourself. I highly doubt that, but thank you. <laughs> Just a quick reminder, new episodes of the podcast are out every Wednesday. You can join us over on TikTok under Pages Unknown for more book reviews and recommendations between episodes. We hope you enjoy today's episode. All right. Hello, everybody. We read three books with our dear friend Sammy, but before we get into those books, we'd like to chat with the friend of the pod, <laughs> Miss Sammy. Now, Sammy, your pronouns are she, her, correct? She, they. But I honestly, I've gone by she most of my life. I'm not offended by going by Miss or Mix. My friends call me both. Fabulous. Call me whatever you like. Just don't call me a rude name, I guess. They, they. <laughs> Shirley? <laughs> That's my grandma's name, actually. Oh my god, wow. How did I know? I don't know. We've crossed a line. <laughs> we've crossed line into grandmadom. In grandmadom, we've become elderly citizens ourselves. I have been known to knit, so I suppose that this is God. <laughs> it's a great pastime. Before we get into our book reviews, Sammy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Sammy. You know me at Bookstogs and Coffee on TikTok, Bookstogs and Coffee 91 on Instagram, and you probably saw me dancing with books. That is what I am known for. That is what the clock app pushes me on. <laughs> All of my videos, I am usually dancing with books. I love fantasy, sci-fi, romance, contemporary, and most importantly, I am an own voice reviewer for the LGBTQ+, the Jewish community, the Latina community, and the disabled community. We stand. We have no choice but to stand. Hell yeah. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of recommendations from you, actually. And the dances. We've seen the dances, and the Wednesday one is the most recent, which is lovely. <laughs> I appreciate that. Honestly, like I hadn't even seen that I'm I'm about to out myself here I had not seen the episode mm -hmm. yet I had just seen the dance my wife and I had finished Wednesday the other night on date night and we're mm -hmm. like that's the dance I've been doing everyone loves my dance I'm like <laughs> I just saw the dance portion because it was all over my FYP and I was like okay we're doing it because I we had started it already and I knew what books I had wanted to recommend just mm -hmm. based on the first few episodes that we had seen well speaking of though all of the things that you recommend and all the dances that you do you're very popular on book talk what mm -hmm. has that been like kind of becoming a person people come to for these types of reviews and recommendations. I appreciate that. I do not see myself as popular at all. So thank you. That's very nice. I find it very heartwarming. And I still am shocked when especially now, like out in the wild, I feel like I'm a Pokemon, like <laughs> people catch me out in the wild. And they're like, you're a book talker, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, I am. I've had a few people come up to me, whether it's while I'm working or actually at my hometown library and say, thank you so much for your reviews. And I'm like, thank you for watching. It's not possible without people who watch my content. So anyone who watches and just is following me, thank you. That's the real reason why I'm here. And that's why I get to keep doing what I'm doing is because of the people who follow me. 
I'm I'm the lucky one. Aww. So we're lucky to have you. <laughs> thank you guys for also thank you guys for having me too. I really appreciate it. And I am Aww. so first first of all, Zachariah, when you told me about the podcast, like I'm so proud of you guys for oh, what you're doing. Like no. it's really hard. Oh it's no. so hard to start a podcast up and get to where you guys are and do what you guys are doing. Like I've been through it too. It's really difficult. So I'm really proud of you. Oh emo hour. You're the best. You are oh. the best. Oh no, we're just gonna spend the whole episode <laughs> gushing about each other. I also think it's partly um and I think you guys have experienced this too. The book talk community is just so amazing and that's what makes it worth oh my it. God, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. People are so kind. Yeah. Which you're not used to on the internet, I feel like. I agree. That's the big thing I noticed when Michaela and I first started our account. People were genuinely being kind and, and you know this, being also a creator, Sammy, you you get people in your comments who are being fake nice because they want mm-hmm. you to review their book. They want to, you know, do XYZ a favor for them. We didn't really experience anybody acting weird about stuff at some point, right? And we're still not, thankfully. People were just genuinely supportive, especially during NaNoWriMo. They were, they were so lovely oh my gosh. Uh, when we were doing it. It was great. It, it is really great. And you, uh, like you said, you get the people who are just like super fake or mm-hmm. super rude or super mean, especially when your videos end up on the wrong side of the algorithm. Oof. That's always great. That scares me. <laughs> but- it's the worst. But overall, mm-hmm. I would say 95% of the time I've made a very loving community on BookTok on the Bookish community. It's great. Yeah, it's so nice. It's also so nice because I feel like it's a very diverse space where there are books that I never would have heard about. They never would have come across like on my Goodreads or anything like that. And so you have people being like, hey, read these books by indigenous authors or read these books by Latinx authors. And it's the coolest group of people being like, support this person, this person's cool. Instead of all these problematic people over here, we're going to ignore them. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that also shows the kind of person you are because that I'm going to go off on my high horse real quick because you follow diverse people. Many people don't. They see the same same five books on my FYP. And that's because you aren't following diverse book talkers. You aren't following people from marginalized groups to get those indigenous recs, those BIPOC recs, those queer uh, recs. Like that's why you aren't seeing those on your page. That's why you're seeing, you know, the top five queer books, the top five, you know, indigenous book, you know, Mm -hmm. like go deeper, (laughs) dig deeper. There's more beyond Song of Achilles. If you you just look behind the cover (laughs) you'll see some uh some other books if the only couple of books you're seeing are like akatar all five of them then maybe dig a little deeper that's what i've talked about i've talked about that quite a lot i have problematic tattoos on my body i have i'm like do you understand how how horrid tattoo removal is it's me hi i'm the problem (laughs) it's me i messed up i fucked up and i just i go forward from there you know i've got i've got crescent city up here i've got one of the Akatar books up here. It's not that I don't enjoy them, mm-hmm. but if that's the only thing you're seeing, yeah. maybe do some investigating. I don't know. Akatar helped me through a very horrid time in my life mm-hmm. where I was constantly in a dark, living in a dark room. This is before two of my major surgeries that helped me become more, like I am still disabled, but become more mm-hmm. able-bodied and hold down a, a little semblance of a job. So those books yeah. helped me. Yeah, amazing. But she is still one of the problematic authors. I'm not going to continue, like, I will not continue to buy SJM. That's my stance, but I'm never going to tell anyone not to buy. It's not like JKR. Exactly. It's bad. Transphobia and hate and her rhetoric is- Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism and creating anti-trans laws in both 
the UK and here. Right. So like that's it's it's different. Like I will blatantly tell someone like mm, maybe maybe we shouldn't be continuing to read and <laughs> talk about JKR. <laughs> but I won't ever say that about SJM. <laughs> No, I gotcha. Since we're kind of on this topic, there's a lot of discourse on book talk right now. And oh. everybody, everybody's talking about the nonsense that has been going on and how it's all kind of cyclical. Mm -hmm. What's the discourse that you're finding yourself mired in on your FYP right now? Are you are you finding yourself in the middle of well, not in the middle of you didn't cause it my my current one is I'm only a red wine drinker. And it's using the audio from Shit's Creek to talk Creek. about queerness and how someone used this audio. Another book talker used this in a way that is pretty much queer erasure. This creator used it in a way, first of all, I'm going to state that uh, I use MW because breaking it down to like sex, M and F, it's not inclusive language. So I do try to use inclusive language because women are also includes trans women. This creator used, I only read MW and then continued to use, I, but I also read MWM and also MWMMM. And I'm like, okay, so you're only taking this like I currently read like more diverse into reverse harems. And they were kind of uh, taking this very beautiful quote from Schitt's Creek that David uses and mm -hmm. erasing the queerness of David that is either pansexuality, bisexuality, what have you, that this quote is stating mm -mm. that it's okay to love many things and try many things in polyamory and kind of just making it as a reverse harem, which oh, is only one side of one side of it, which I don't like, I don't think this creator was inherently trying to do, but in the mm -hmm. way that it was being used was inherently queer erasure. And that's where I'm at on the bullshit side of TikTok <laughs> right now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> mm. I'm like, and so I'm trying to talk to this, this creator and I don't know if they've blocked me yet or not. I'm like, I don't know, maybe we should try some women loving women here. And they're like, um, I haven't found any that I've liked. And I'm like, maybe you're not following enough creators, which why don't you try these? <laughs> oh, no. First of all, I'm not trying to like plug myself here, but like plug, plug, plug. First of all, they didn't follow me back. There were other purely sapphic creators trying to say the same thing and help them out. They weren't following them back. And also, you know, like, I totally get, like, if you only like to read reverse harems or if you only like to read a certain thing, that is your jam. Cool, amazing, awesome. But the way sh this person was using that sound is not the greatest. <laughs> so. <laughs> very diplomatic of you. I feel like that's very kind. Very. I haven't seen that. That's very interesting to me. The FYP stuff is so crazy. I'm so glad I'm not there. It, it's very interesting. Y'all know that it like all the discourse goes from like booktube to book Twitter to bookstagram to now book mm -hmm. talk. Yeah. So like it just it, it moves to the next social media. Oh, but absolutely. Anyways, oh, I digress. Right. It's hugely cyclical. I feel like when I mm -hmm. first came on before we started this podcast, before I was making any videos, I was just a lurker on book talk and I just watched my favorite creators mm -hmm. talk about book recommendations. The same couple conversations have happened over and over again with the same people being like, if you you would just mm -hmm. listen for a second these things wouldn't happen and we could move on and stop talking about it <laughs> yes but, absolutely yeah. what are you gonna do so i'm actually very interested and i'm gonna take a moment to be a little bit selfish here because as zachariah said we do really like your book recommendations so could you just tell us a couple of books that are on your tbr oh my gosh yeah. okay let me scroll over Please, yes. to my story graph and goodreads i love story graph i use both i try to keep up with both because i do support story graph a hundred percent and but the worst part is like 
not everyone uses it. So I know, but I love the just, analytics of it. I love the charts. It's so cool. I totally do. The charts. Charts. <laughs> One of my really good friends who I actually met, like I've met so many wonderful people off of Book Talk, which is absolutely amazing. She loves charts and is just, she actually just made a huge chart about the big five publishers and all of their imprints because it's amazing, especially with the HarperCollins strike right now. Uh, everyone needs to know that stuff. What's on my TBR right now? Everyone has that TikTok sound like, what is the book in your genre that everyone thinks you've read and that uh-huh. you haven't? So The Jasmine Throne and The Unbroken are on my list. <laughs> wow. I am kind of surprised you haven't yeah. read those yet. <laughs> yes. I also have Sister Maiden Monster on my TBR. I have an arc of that. Mm. It's supposed to be this horror... God, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this horror fantasy novel novella kind of that comes out in February for Tor. It looks amazing. Obviously, uh, I also have The Sun and the Star, which is Nico's book in Mm -hmm. um, the Lightning God, Percy Jackson novels. I have that on my TBR. Mm We want to do like a full episode about the Percy Jackson stuff. That's one of the things that we're like, oh, yeah, you about. should. Yeah. We're shooting our shot and we're sending the author an email asking if he wants to come 100% on. 100% no do it. We we did a Percy Jackson <laughs> episode to, as well. So do it. Just do nice. it. I also have uh, The Stars Undying, which is supposed to be mm-hmm. a Julius Caesar base opera. Yep. And I all of my mutuals have read it and loved it. And then I also have The Genesis of Misery, which is another space opera with a genderqueer MC. The very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. We love that book. <laughs> we love that book. And we love Sangu Mandana. Oh, yes. I have 16 Souls by Rosie Talbot, who you know is Marrow Child on TikTok. I have that. And I'll go with one more. I am a huge D&D nerd. So I have the Dungeons and Dragons Honors Among Thieves, the Druids Call, which comes out in February a little bit. Zachariah is having a moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm... So I'm having a meltdown. I didn't know you like D&D. That's like one of my favorite things. I'm a huge things D&D of- nerd. I love D&D. Let's get in a campaign, dude. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go. I'm getting off this podcast, Michaela. I'm, uh, I'm going to play D&D with Sam. Bye, we're playing D&D. All by myself. But yeah, so there are two D&D, like specifically for the movie that's coming out in March, Honor Among Thieves. So there's two uh, books that are coming out in February that are linked to that. And one of them is by E.K. Johnson, who wrote the Padme trilogy, the, yeah, the Queen's Shadow. So that's E.K. Johnson and E.K. Johnson, also phenomenal author. Amazing. What a fleshed out TBR. I have so many books. And also, I mean, also I'm reading A Day of Fallen Night, which if I've end up finishing it will be my top read of 2022 and then one more obviously very very excited for electo the ninth which we finally got a release date october 10th of 2023 the day after my birthday fabulous oh god libra season (laughs) one of the last questions that we had for you and this is a conversation that michaela and i had a while back what is the book that you want to get your hands on maybe it's an arc Maybe it's a special edition of something. What is the book you're trying to get or you'd like to be gifted? Make your ask now so we can make sure to tag the correct people in the the video. (laughs) I'm going to toot my own horn here. I know the people that I want to get this book. So I know the people 
to get Electo, which I'm hopefully going to get that. Hell yeah. I'm very much in contact with people who work at Tor. I am very lucky. And I'm stating this right now for anyone who is asking. I've worked my ass off to get involved with Tor and talk to their publicists, their PR department. If anyone wants to contact me and try and do this themselves, I am more than willing. My DMs are always open. That's probably the one for next year. And I'm going to speak to that real quick, though, Sammy. You have been very, very generous with people on TikTok that have asked you questions. I know it feels like we're having a giant love fest right now, but that's because there's a lot of love in the room. People that are listening, if you haven't followed Sammy yet, at this point in the episode, I need you to stop what you're doing and I need you to go to your app. I need you to go ahead and follow Sammy and you're going to very quickly fall in love just like I have. Honest to God. Thank you so much, Sammy, for all of the the fun that you bring. It's amazing, and we love it. Oh, just wait till we talk about the actual books. We we haven't even exactly got we haven't even got to the books. We're all talkers. Oh no! I'm like you fucked up having me on this podcast. I don't uh-uh. shut up. We're gonna invite you on eight thousand more times. Yeah, maybe for the space opera episode. <laughs> I also have some other people who if who are way more involved in space operas than I am. So if you ever want, well, we should we will definitely talk offline because uh, we're having our friend Emma the Ace of Books back on at some point to do uh, a little bit of something off topic. Emma was actually my um, secret Santa last year. Emma's the best. We're obsessed. Emma's amazing. She's the kindest person, like the most lovely human. Yeah. Huge, Huge friend, friend of, the of the pod. And we, we can't release the episode that we did with Emma yet because the bosses at HarperCollins won't give their workers a fair contract. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we're sitting on Babel, our episode about Babel. We're not crossing that picket line. No way. I completely understand. Well, you know, since we're talking about crossing lines, maybe we should just go ahead and jump into one of our books that we read. What a segue. <laughs> the remaking of Corbin Wales, written by oh. Roan Parrish. And this is our first out of the three that we're going to be discussing on this episode. This is Zachariah jumping in with a quick description of the remaking of Corbin Whale. Last month, Alex Barrow's life imploded. Partner, home, job, all gone in 48 hours. But sometimes when everything falls apart, better things appear almost like magic. Now he's back in his Michigan hometown, finally opening the bakery he's always dreamed of. But the pleasure of opening day is nothing compared to the lonely and beautiful man who bewitches Alex before he even orders. Corbin Whale is a weirdo. At least that's what he's heard his whole life. He knows he's often in a fantasy world, but the things he feels are very real. And so is the reason why he can never, ever be with Alex Barrow. Even if Alex is everything he's always fantasized about. Even if maybe, just maybe, Corbin is Alex's fantasy too. When Corbin begins working at the bakery, he and Alex can't deny their connection any longer. As the holiday season works its magic, Alex yearns for the man who seems out of reach. But to be with Alex, Corbin will have to challenge every truth he's ever known. If his holiday risk pays off, two men from different worlds will get the love they've always longed for. Michaela, would you like to start us off with some of your initial thoughts and then we'll head over to Sammy. I have mixed feelings about this, and I'm going to be as diplomatic as possible while also just being honest about how I felt about this book. I was pretty uncomfortable when I was reading it. Our main character, one of our main characters, Corbin, he very clearly has a lot going on mentally, a lot of trauma that has not Mm -hmm. been unpacked. He has Mm -hmm. full-blown conversations with people that he's created and it gives me the mental illness vibes and because of that i question his ability to make informed consent with the the sex scenes and that's really difficult Mm -hmm. to read Mm -hmm. when i'm questioning whether or not this person is of sound mind where he can make 
informed decisions. And I'm not trying to infantilize him or to make it seem like he doesn't have agency. But I do think that a lot of the things that happened to him in this book never got dealt with. He never went to counseling or therapy or anything like that. Just sort of sunk inside himself. I worried about him more than anything else. So... Yeah. His relationship yeah. with Alex should have been like really, really beautiful and lovely that they support each other. Instead, it took on kind of a predatory vibe and almost like a savior complex happening with Alex of this guy who's isolated and doesn't have anybody. I can be his person and I can be his connection to reality. That it wasn't the vibe for me mm -hmm. personally. Sammy? Yeah. I mean, I have not fully finished the book. There are some books where you can kind of feel it coming. I read pretty diversely. Uh, I read I read YA, I read middle grade, I read fantasy, sci-fi. I also read mm -hmm. kink. I also read a lot of monster smut. I read and I read a lot of consenting monster smut in kink. Mm -hmm. I can feel like I can feel kink coming. <laughs> especially the way that Alex talks about Corbin mm -hmm. in a, in a sexual content. And especially the way that Corbin is described in this. Yes, I definitely see him as gay, but I also to me, especially with people I've met in my life and know as friends, he seems asexual. Mm -hmm. And that's just me. Obviously, not my character or anything, but that is just how he seemed to me and it made me uncomfortable again i haven't gotten to the parts more of the parts with dealing more strongly with his mental health or more strongly with the sexual content but i can feel mm -hmm. it coming um and it does and I, I can see where uh it would feel uncomfortable and one thing i do want to say is mm -hmm. olive blake alone with you in the ether deals with love and also ha uh, having mental illness and dealing with mental illness and i think that book and it's it's bipolar disorder mm -hmm. to side note into another book but that showed it really well especially because olive drew from her own life she suffers from bipolar yeah. disorder she kind of knew where to go with this and how how to love and also be like that's the tagline of the book how to love and be broken and i don't think yeah. that corbin whale was able to get that alone with you in the ether does talk about therapy and and doing all of these steps just like you said michaela and and i don't i don't think this hit the mark i totally it. agree i think that's a great comparison to draw between Alone With You and the Ether and this one. I did read an interview with the author and Rowan talks about, I believe it's a pen name, but I'm not sure their actual name. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with mm -hmm. Rowan. Talks a lot about how it's important to represent people with mental and physical disabilities as not being unlovable. And I think we can all agree yes. with that. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point. To me, though, this felt a little bit more like, look at this helpless person who needs me to step in and be their white knight, which I don't think is the voice we're looking for, not the representation we're mm -hmm. looking for. I was a bit disappointed. I was a bit let down. And I was certainly surprised at all of the five-star reviews. <laughs> I thought that more people would be in my vein of thought. So that kind of shocked me. Mm -hmm. Zachariah, what did you think about it? I really wanted to love this. I no hate to the author. I'm not I'm not sitting here hating the author and I'm not you know yucking anybody's yum, but I did not find yum in this unfortunately. It felt just as you were talking about Michaela like I think the three of us here can actively say out loud like, "Oh yeah, we've got some mental illness. The difference here is that people around us support us in getting some of that taken care of." Corbin Whale it just kept being brushed under the rug and they kept arguing it away. And this episode we're doing right now is supposed to be on queer holiday rom-coms. 
it didn't feel romantic to me. It does not hit the mark, just as you said, Sammy. Yeah, I think especially with like the bakery and Alex coming home and taking over his mother's business and the Hanukkah aspect of it, Mm -hmm. I think that's supposed to be the dusting of the romantic holiday rom-com and the love story. But Mm -hmm. again, fell far from the mark. I think the part for me that kind of stood out the most, and I don't want to spoil anything if anyone's planning on reading this, but there is a scene between Alex and Corbin where... Alex is showing him how to braid challah bread and he's saying, oh, you're Mm -hmm. infusing it with love and it's being made with love and that's why part of it tastes so delicious and all that kind of stuff. And Corbin Mm -hmm. internalizes that and starts thinking, oh, maybe all the bad things I have, I can bake into bread. And he goes back to his abode and he starts making these loaves of bread and trying to infuse them with all his trauma basically and then he puts them in the oven and burns Mm -hmm. them all to try to burn the trauma out that to me screams manic episode that to me Mm -hmm. screams i need help immediately he comes back from that and then that's like when all the sexy stuff kicks off and i was just it was a lot of like me feeling like i had whiplash so but i don't want to talk all negatively about this book the premise of this episode was that we we pick three books one that talks about Hanukkah, one that talks about Christmas, and one that talks about Kwanzaa, and all of them were queer, right? We wanted to have that as the crux of this episode. So this was supposed to be a Hanukkah one. I really did enjoy certain parts of this. I think it's a really great portrayal of what to do if one of your friends is dealing with domestic violence. Yes. There's a great scene in this book where that's done very well. It's nice to see Hanukkah happening. Sammy is Jewish, and I am Jewish. My partner is Jewish, and I celebrate. I always say that too. I'm like, I am Jewish, but I'm not a practicing Jew, so I am Jewish. It's just nice to see queer people, right? It's nice that all of these things are happening. Like I am dating a man who is Jewish, and but we did write down like the things that we liked about it, right? We had there's some really good scenes here, but. I should not care more about Gareth, who is the person who had right? uh, was dealing with domestic violence. I should not care more about this person, this person's situation, and burly dude that they, you know, they start to take a liking to subplot. I should not care about that more than I care about any of the rest of the story. Yeah. I, and man, and listen, Roan, I know you're a listener of the pod. We're <laughs> not coming at you. Your other books, <laughs> good stuff. This one just wasn't the one. This one just wasn't it for me. But there are a lot of people who love this book. Yes. And so I'm again, I'm just going to say it. I'm not yucking anybody's yum if they liked it. I will never yuck anyone's yum ever. There are so many there are so many ways to be delicious. Absolutely. And it's so subjective, you know. Ultimately, <laughs> if you like the book, if you got something yeah. out of the book, then that's wonderful and beautiful and no one can take that it away is. from you. It doesn't matter. It just wasn't maybe what we were looking for. The second book that we read for this podcast was nearly impossible to find. We searched high and low and it wasn't just Michaela and I Sammy has a vast network of people that that they're connected to. We could not find a queer Kwanzaa book. Finally, I stumbled upon this because it was the only one. It's Kiss Me a Kwanzaa by L.L. Buckner. Sammy, you can you you can attest to what I'm talking about here. This was impossible to find. I don't know how you found it. I couldn't find it. I was shocked when you're like, I found a queer Kwanzaa book, and I'm like, How did you write Where? it? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's very small. It's a novella. It's 36 pages. Kiss Me at Kwanzaa by L.L. Buckner. Coworkers and cubicle mates, Ishmael Ishcutter and Aiden Flores might come from different backgrounds, but they have a good number of things in common. The biggest one? 
they each have a secret crush on the other. This holiday season, they are both single for the first time in 13 months. No boyfriends or clingy ex issues. Maybe it's time for Aiden to make his move. He formulates the perfect plan and invites Ish over for his family's Kwanzaa feast. But will he have the courage to make the first move or will this holiday season be one to forget? This is the book, I think, out of the three that we read that I liked the most, actually. This had that fanfic vibe a little bit. It was like, oh, they're like talking about sex. It's like inside of their head. I have actively been this person being invited over as the friend. I absolutely. And so I felt I felt more at home in this. Sammy, I want to go to you first about your reactions to the book. Honestly, I feel the same way. Like, I, I loved that, A, first of all, we were able to fucking find it. <laughs> yeah. I think it just puts you in a really, like, it. you feel good after reading it. It was it was a very cutesy, quick read, and that's what I love. Like, I love those cute little fluff pieces. It definitely, again, felt like a fanfic, and it's, it's just it's cute. I totally agree. It was cute. And that's exactly what I was looking for. I wanted yeah. a Hallmark movie, but like make it queer and also a book. You know, I wanted the fluffy cliches <laughs> and the cutesy stuff. Hashtag tag Hallmark for future movies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Literally only two gay movies coming out this holiday. Oh, my God. The fact that we're having this reaction, I think, actively tells us there is a there's a missing need here. I have not found another person that's written about this exact thing in any capacity. I can't even yeah. find an essay about it. No, no. And more importantly, too, there are very few straight bo- heterosexual <laughs> books. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't that many heterosexual Kwanzaa books. Like, I, there were a handful of them. This is what we say when we mean we want better representation. Kwanzaa is a very celebrated holiday. Why the mm-hmm. fuck don't we have more books? Absolutely. And this was so cute. I wanted more. I wanted it to be a full book instead of a, mm-hmm. a novella. I wanted more. I wanted more of these characters. I liked their dynamic. I believed their dynamic more importantly. I yes. believed that they were attracted to each other and that they had this chemistry. Yeah, I liked it a lot. This was definitely the one I liked the best, <laughs> which is funny because it's only like 30 pages. <laughs> My favorite was Kiss Her Once for Me, but I think that was because being a sapphic i think that was why and also um there's a she reference in it so yes there is that's true (laughs) it wins the gold for that one the last book that we read and i think maybe the one that we have the most notes on out of all three of them kiss her once for me by allison cochran Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran. One year ago, recent Portland transparent Ellie Oliver had her dream job in animation and a Christmas Eve meet cute with a woman at a bookstore that led her to fall in love over the course of a single night. But after a betrayal the next morning and the loss of her job soon after, she finds herself adrift, alone, and desperate for money. Finding work at a local coffee shop, she's just getting through the days until Andrew, the shop's landlord, proposes a shocking, drunken plan, a marriage of convenience that will give him his recent inheritance and alleviate Ellie's financial woes in isolation. They make a plan to spend the holidays together at his family cabin to keep up the ruse. But when Andrew introduces his new fiance to his sister, Ellie is shocked to discover it's Jack, the mysterious woman she fell for over the course of one magical Christmas Eve the year before. Now Ellie must choose between the safety of a fake relationship and the risk of something real. First of all, I I was probably the one that really liked this. I read it in... August, July of this year, I was very Mm -hmm. thankful to get an arc. So I think the best part about 
this story is A, the representation and B, the open dialogue about, again, mental health. Like two of the stories that we talked about deal greatly with mental health. There was one that did it very well, which I think was Kiss Her Once for Me because Ellie dealt with generalized anxiety. Yeah. I'm loving seeing these books come out and talk about generalized anxiety disorder because so many of us deal with it, especially millennials and Gen Z uh, with the society that we live in. Oh dear. I'm loving <laughs> I'm loving that it's talked about more. So the open dialogue about mental health and her setting up boundaries with her mother and therapy, like that was one of the things that I loved in this book. I also loved that it was both bisexual and demisexual representation. I love seeing Demi because mm-hmm. it's not shown enough. I loved the lesbian representation. There were there was trans side rep, non-binary side rep. And I love all the tropes, the found family, fake dating, marriage of convenience, forced proximity. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then my favorite sexy lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like somebody just won bingo. You know what I mean? I know. I, mean. I know. It just, it just ticked all my trope boxes. Those are the things I very much loved about it. But I, I can mm-hmm. see where there are holes where people don't like it. Mm-hmm. For those who haven't read it, Ellie and Jack meet on Christmas Eve. They have an amazing date pretty much the entire day and they spend Mm -hmm. the night together. It's like, ugh, it's a fucking amazing. And then they split because things happen. I'm trying not to spoil. And you Mm -hmm. learn that throughout the book, why Ellie split the morning of. A year later, she's in a in a marriage of convenience with her brother and they're home for Christmas and they and she sees Jack and she goes oh my god the woman I pretty much fell in love with is the marriage of convenience sister <laughs> fuck so I see I see <laughs> I see the problems with it I do I agree with you I loved the representation I appreciated the fact that there was so much side representation that was just very casually mentioned something Zachariah and I have talked Mm -hmm. about before on the podcast and will talk about guaranteed in future episodes is we love when these things are mentioned about gender identity and about sexuality but they're not made the whole personality of the person yes that they're multifaceted individuals and it's mentioned it's absolutely brought up it's absolutely discussed but that's not the focus they've got other stuff going on that's something we actually really loved about very secret society of irregular witches which is the best mouthful ever (laughs) i will say too the person who i loved the most was dylan i thought they were so (laughs) funny the minute ellie meets dylan dylan is immediately bullying her i i loved it <laughs> yes D- dylan was a fantastic character so funny I will say that and so quick and so honest and so open all the things that ellie was really struggling with at the time was sort of like being honest yeah. with herself and with everyone around her i am not a big fan of the miscommunication trope it stresses me out yep. <laughs> um and i also yep. am more of a slow burn person than i am an insta love person so you know those things didn't really uh resonate too much with me but i i will say that i do think this book compared to the other one we read that maybe we didn't like as much had more pros to it than it did cons mm-hmm. and it definitely did capture more of that hallmarky vibe you know like the fact that they're mm-hmm. walking along a bridge and it's snowing and it's beautiful and then that's also what happens later in the book it's like a full circle moment type thing also the names mm-hmm. of the the bakeries in this were hilarious i'm sorry the the right? butch oven <laughs> I, I found myself cackling at most yeah. points when I was like, my wife is actually reading the book now. So if she ever listens to this, like she's going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she'd probably 
won't uh, until she finishes. Makes but. sense. So yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. I, I Like I said, I think because the tropes don't sit with me, you know, they don't hit me in my happy spot, I kind totally. of was shying away from it a little bit more. Also, like the fact that she has, Ellie has student loans and ha- there is a housing crisis in, in Portland happening was mentioned like 14 times in the first three chapters. And I was like, Miss Ma'am. <laughs> I get it. I I read to escape. I don't <laughs> exactly need to come here and about student fucking loans. Exactly. One of our biggest notes on here was like, I did not come here for reality, ma'am. I came here for the fuzzies. <laughs> They're just like, hi, can I scooch in and talk to you about your student yeah, loans? Literally. Your student loan debt? Oh my gosh. A little more? I ugh. Leave me alone. <laughs> this book wasn't 100% for me. There are a lot of great things in this book. You know, the demisexual representation was there. I absolutely love that. All of the side characters that you talked about, Sammy. I find myself loving side characters in these books more than the main characters. I completely understand that. And I, I wanted to touch on what you said with uh, demisexuality and that being like both with demisexuality and in general anxiety disorders, I think that those being brought up because um, both Allison and uh, Timothy Janowski have both been bringing those uh, mental health issues and identities mm-hmm. up in their books, which I love seeing because it's also something that a lot of heterosexual people don't realize <laughs> that demisexual falls under the queer identities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of heterosexual straight identifying people are demisexual. And they don't realize it. They're like, oh, that's for me. Yeah. That's for me. Side note, going to just scurry over here. It's the same thing when people are identifying with Wednesday right now. And they're like, uh, she is autistic. Like that is on the spectrum. Like how yeah. I identify with that. I'm like, that. that's stimming. You're slamming into the point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And they're, they're uncomfortable being... Being lumped together is what yeah. I would say. With minority communities. They don't like being lumped in with the queer community because demisexual is a queer term. They don't be like being lumped in with... They, they, they relate to Wednesday, but they don't like that she is autistic coded because they mm-hmm. don't want to be deemed autistic but so many people are on the spectrum and they don't realize it so many people are that's why it's called a spectrum we all lie somewhere Mm -hmm. on it like that's the kinsey scale like nobody is 100 Mm -hmm. straight nobody is 100 gay we all lie somewhere on it and that's like that's what i really love about queer books bringing light to so many different sexual Mm -hmm. sexual representation and gender representation absolutely it's a reminder that they exist more than anything else Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people myself included like i will include myself in this have to remind myself like you say it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. it's not just i'm a lesbian i'm gay like these are not just there are areas in between these terms and it's very nice to see something you don't always see represented in a queer book and you're like oh my gosh this is sick. And like you said, like we have this side character who has, it's mentioned that she has a trans pride pin as well as like a lesbian pride pin. And it's not the hu- this huge yeah. deal. It's just mentioned very casually as, as being what it is. I think that's really mm-hmm. lovely. Something I think that I was struggling with a little bit. I wanted, if this is going to be a holiday book, I'll phrase it this way. If this is going to be a fluffy holiday book, then I wanted a little bit less of the miscommunication struggle if it's not if it's going to be a Mm. queer romance book a sapphic romance book then i want you to expand more on ellie's journey of 
growth and learning. I want you to expand more on her conversations with her friends of them calling her out a little bit and saying, hey, I had this huge monumental thing. Her friend fails the bar exam and she feels like she can't come Mm -hmm. talk to Ellie because Ellie Mm -hmm. has struggled with failure and struggled with the idea of failure. I want more. Like talk more about that, more about her relationship with her mom yes. or non-relationship as it as it winds up. I could see that Allison was probably trying to add, a, like wanted to do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And that's where it got kind of construed. Yeah. No hate on it. No, <laughs> no I absolutely. Just, I think it's very necessary to be making sure that we are supporting all of these like queer romance books that are out there. The reason mm-hmm. being is that there. this is an experience that I think many, many queer people often have to deal with alone, which is going back from wherever they currently live back to their small, small town mm-hmm. and kind of going through some of these machinations. For the most part, when I see a Hallmark movie talking about this exact scenario, 40% of the movie, I'm like, yeah, I can 100% understand. And then the last 60%, when they like all of a sudden magically find $6 million under the porch and they're able to save the Christmas tree farm with it. When I hear Tis the Damn Season by Taylor Swift, that's what I want to deal with. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought was going to be happening in Corbin Whale, by the way. That's what I thought that book was going to be about because I went in blind. I get you. I get you. I mean, I've my favorite TikTok right now is uh, with, um, oh my God, what is a season of love? No, not season of love. Uh, what's the movie with, nope, Kristen Stewart and Audrey. Oh. Oh no. Uh, ho- holiday. Oh no. Oh, I don't remember it. But I remember having strong feelings about this movie. I had very strong feelings about the movie too, and I don't remember what the freaking title is now. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Happiest season. Happiest season. season. Thank you. Thank God. With with happiest season, like my favorite TikTok right now is um where Kristen Stewart like tells her she's like it's over, and then it's like you just turn the movie off, and they're like self care. (laughs) I'm like. Yes, because you should have fucking left her. She should have left her. She should have left. You were better off. I'm like, you should have left. I love the people calling for a sequel to be like Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart need to get together. Yeah, thank you, Aubrey Plaza. I'm like, Aubrey Stewart. That's what it Let should be. Yeah. They need to drop Harper because she was so yes. horrible. She was atrocious. Miserable. Just misery. And uh, watching Kristen Stewart break up with her in that movie, I was like, yes, yes, dump her ass. And then they get back together. And I was like, no, no, the cycle continues. We live for Kristen Stewart on the pod, Sammy. You may have, you may have caught on. This is like the fifth episode where she's been mentioned. This is hilarious. Oh my God. I, I will, I will watch the new Charlie's Angels movie on repeat. She is, for she is a very attractive lady. <laughs> she is. Yes, she's also yes. hilarious. She very much is. She's so funny. She's fantastic. Her and Aubrey Plaza. Like, I would like, I, I need, a, I, I, I need it. Give me the sequel. Immediately. And then- Write that book, Alison Cochran. And have it called Make You Mine This Christmas. There you go. Yes. Boom. Done. Boom. Done. Sammy, write this book. Come on. Nana Rima next year. Let's go. I I can't write to save my life. I just have ideas and someone else can do it. I feel that. This has been absolutely unhinged, insane, and lovely. We have loved having you on. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is oh, pure chaos. you're welcome back. Pure chaos. You're welcome back any day of the week. <laughs> if you tell us to get on, we'll get on immediately and record whatever you'd like to talk about. <laughs> 100%. I want to talk about fairies. No, <laughs> what did you call me? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm actually talking about myself here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you all so much for joining us on yet another episode of Pages Unknown. As a reminder, new episodes are out every Wednesday. If you liked this episode, please feel free to rate us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.